0: Okay you guys, we've been saving this one. This is the last of the stories that we recorded with the fabulous Steve back in like June. The earlier stuff was in episode 82, It's a Gay Riot, and episode 85, Something Tweaky This Way Comes. Go check those out if you haven't heard them. This week, We are all about the golden age of Hollywood, the glamour of a celebrity gala, and the thrill of live theater. But first, oh my god you guys, guess who Steve got to see live in concert in 1978? Bitchin', bitchin
1: Boutique. Boutique We may be awful but, but we're right Oh!
2: My God. oh
0: um. You saw Tim Curry in concert that Yes! Was oh. 1978
2: we were, at God. the Old Ward- Waldorf Hotel the Old Waldorf Nightclub, which was in in, in it still is, I hope, in Embarcadero Center,
0: oh.
2: right at the foot of Market Street, the the horrible four block shopping area where all the sidewalks are like these spiral things made oh, out of. Oh yeah, know, I know. Yeah. Everything is, and and all the buildings are like just me, you know metal things going up and down with glass everywhere.
0: And then that park sort of square thing in yeah. the middle of it, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: that's the Embarcadero Center, and I think it goes for four blocks. It's just this horrible. Yeah. nightmare that they built and probably tore down some fabulous buildings just to build that. But, oh, but yeah, yeah Tim, right. I, Tim Curry. I'm trying to remember where, let's see, 1978. Who would I be living with in 1978? It had to be Donnie, <laughs> right? It had to be Donnie. Oh my God. Why was I in San Francisco? Oh, I bet I was spending the weekend at, um, God, I, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, if I remember his name, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> but now, but anyway, I think I was spending the weekend at his house. He loved it when I would come and spend the weekend at the house, and he would have all gay people and and straight people, mostly really old straight people would be there and stuff. So it was kind of fun. And then I was somewhere else because I, I, I don't know how, but I had this like 19 year old blonde surfer kid date when I went. There. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh, hello. <laughs> And so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, so we went to the nightclub. I imagine I probably just called up and bought tickets on, yeah. on the phone or something. I think that's how you did it then. And yeah. it was just this total impulse. Oh my God, it's Tim Curry. And oh my God, there's a cute blonde. And the next thing I know. Uh, you were at the conference. <laughs> <then. laughs> oh and God. I think we had been doing Coke for hours too. Oh my cause God. It was back then. And, um, oh, it was fabulous. And I can't remember most of it, but I do remember when it started in the first song that he sang. I think was "Birds of a Feather," and, and oh, yeah. the whole concert was so fabulous.
0: Yeah, I've I've been doing a lot of reading because you know ever since like when we were like psyching ourselves up to meet him, that yeah. you know, at Frightmare, and and I was doing a lot of reading and and I was reading a lot of things about how he apparently that was starting starting shows with Birds of a Feather was kind of his thing. Yeah,
2: it must have been that year that's what he was doing or something yeah. because he didn't want people to think about Rocky Horror anymore. He wanted right. them to think about his new album, yeah. which was fabulous. Oh so. my God,
0: I love those albums so much. But yeah, and that's, and that's one of those... Oh, uh, and we've talked about this before, yeah. but it's just like, you know, because we're so... So much more fans of the albums than of. I mean, granted, uh, yes, his movies are great, and a lot of them are among my favorite movies. But that's not the point. I, yeah. I, I would, I would rather hear him sing than anything.
1: Oh yeah, my fandom of him is ninety percent his about oh. uh, his albums.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he's a great singer yeah. and a fabulous actor. Okay, always so was. You know, the poor guy.
0: But he oh. still, he still can sing some. There's some. There's a. a there's some videos out there from like some cabaret night, like some little thing in, in New York where he's, you know, in his wheelchair and he's on a stage and he sings a couple of songs and uh, it's like, God damn it, nice. he's, he can still sing, he can barely move, but he can fucking yeah. <laughs> sing.
2: Well, that that's fabulous to know. I'm he glad even to did, um,
0: I don't know who the woman was, I'm sure she's someone that like New York theater people knew, but... Um, he did that song from Gigi, the uh, "I Remember It
2: Well." Oh my god! He did I can't he did imagine him her. singing that song. It's adorable. <laughs> it's fucking
0: adorable. It's just like, oh god! I was like, I was just gasping through the whole thing. Yeah, because like, it was damn, that. It was so what good.
2: was that French man that was in the movie? That horrible. I always didn't like him. Either. Oh, the, Chevalier. G- Chevalier. Yeah. Something Chevalier.
0: He was so skeezy.
2: He was. He was. He was such a like child molester kind of guy well it's like
0: it's like that yeah because he was so skeezy that like i mean that movie's already you know problematic air quotes enough because of just the weird oh little girls they grow up to be right the (laughs) whole whole movie was about it's already creepy enough
2: i know the theme of the movie is like i forget what was the time when you're sweet 16 you, you know Time to get him or something. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's already creepy <laughs> enough. But you picked, like the <laughs> but, skeeziest yeah. guy. It's like it could have been, it could have been slightly charming if they had, if they had gone with someone else, maybe.
2: Yeah, Mar- Maurice Chevalier was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He practically drooled when he talked. You know? Oh, he's so <laughs> close.
0: It's that weird thing where, like, there were there were so many like stunningly gorgeous actors back then. But then there were all these actors that were so utterly not,
2: and so but, hideous.
0: But they would be like the leading man. And why people. were they always I, at MGM? Right? <laughs> <What>? Right <laughs> Oh, see, and that's oh yeah, yeah, that's a whole
2: other thing. But yeah,
0: <laughs> and you get oh god, yeah. I mean, when it's like, I mean, you know, you can't put you can't put Gene Kelly in every movie.
1: But I could. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> You know, there's he an was ent-
1: beautiful. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. But he was kind of awful, though, wasn't he? No, I don't think I so. I think he was, you know, I mean. He was a perfectionist. He was straight,
2: is, I mean.
0: He was straight so. and a perfectionist. But there's there's an entire, I don't. I haven't looked at it in a long time, but there's there's an, a, a Tumblr account that is 100% in celebration of Gene Kelly's oh. ass. Uh, it's famous. all awesome. clips and photos <laughs> that are just like, oh, God, look at that. It's like, God damn it.
2: He was, well, you he was know, so when, when Debbie Reynolds was in that movie, oh my God. she'd never been in a movie before. Oh, yeah. She really wasn't a dancer. She, yeah. was, she was, what, a 17 year old kid that was had just kid. won Miss yeah. Burbank or something? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? And two weeks later, she is rehearsing with Donald O'Connor oh, and Gene Kelly and, uh, and Gene, Gene Hagen yeah. and, oh, God, all those people oh, my in God. that movie and the she baby
0: Rita Moreno
2: and <laughs> she was the fucking female lead Yeah. in a musical
0: an MGM And she musical. had and her feet were bleeding yeah. from from rehearsing all those numbers yeah. and stuff. It's like, oh, can you tap dance kind of. I mean, that was basically Yeah, yeah but yeah. that was trial by fire. She could do anything after that because she survived. And that's still like one of my favorite I love watching time.
2: that movie because when, when they sing that Good Morning song, uh, you know they probably had to stop and change her shoes because blood was see- seeping oh out of them a couple of times. And yet, she oh was God. just
1: fabulous. I remember when oh, I was yeah. taking care of Mary. Aww. Oh, my God. I had to watch that movie so many times. Because <laughs> so- it was like her favorite movie. It was like every yeah. day for a couple nuts. I could have done that. I could have totally done that. <laughs> I could do. Yeah, that. it's like but she had forgotten about it and then remembered it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she doesn't
0: remember. She just watched it because yeah. she she has dementia. Yeah.
2: But you know oh that a lot of those musical numbers were really filmed at Grauman's, and oh yeah, oh, the oh script was so cute, and it was just it was just these sweet little digs at Hollywood all the way through. And Lena
0: Lamont is one of the greatest I, characters. Ever, she's such a good Gene actress. Hagen. That's one of the things. It's like my my mother's taste in movies. Definitely, I was like between like Gene Hagen and Judy Holliday, like those that kind of like seems stupid but smarter than everyone else. Blonde actress mm-hmm. that was a very specific type. I saw every movie that any of those people made because she that was my mom's thing. It was like she loved that. Underestimating a woman mm-hmm. thing. She loved that shit. <laughs> so she I made lo- sure I saw. Remember
2: all this. that scene where she comes in and goes, puts the newspaper down. Oh my god! <laughs> I know exactly what goes, I'm saying. And they're they're like, "Oh, we're going to do this do you and she goes, <gasps> "My contract says that I control my publicity, <laughs> and if you don't do this, I." Kensu. That's right. I can't Kensu. And then the next thing out of her mouth is something like South <laughs> <laughs> fuck." Oh my god. The greatest. I right. Oh I love Gene Hogan. She was so fabulous. Oh my god. She was so fucking
0: funny. Oh god damn it. She was so brilliant. That's, that's that may be, that may be like one of the best. That's that's one definitely the best non-musical scene in the entire movie. <laughs> because god damn it she's so amazing but that was the movie that made me fall in love with Donald
1: O'Connor
2: yeah he was so good in that he was so
1: precious and it was just like didn't he die like
2: an alcoholic he did he did oh yeah he was after that was one of the last in fact I think that was probably they put him in there trying to sober him up and get his career going oh yeah and then he made the movies where he was best friends with a mule in the army and I think after that
1: oh I remember that yeah 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 after that that was kind of it it for him because he
2: pretty much drank himself to death
0: and his last movie i swear i'm like the only person that saw it but it's called toys and it was a it was a like when robin williams was first getting to be big enough to be like i want to make this movie and it's actually it's not a bad movie it's such an interesting idea for a movie where it's just like this kind of crazy rich guy who grew up around a toy factory, and it's like, oh, I just want to just make toys and live in this fanciful world. And his sisters, who his sister was played by Joan Cusack, who's one of my favorite people in the world. She's just like this crazy girl who just dresses like a doll all the time. Well, Donald O'Connor was like the family patriarch, and he he wasn't in the movie much because he dies very early in the movie, but it's like, I just remember from being a kid who was just in love with Donald O'Connor because yeah. I'd seen Singing in the Rain so many times. And then just being like, oh, like I was like that was like the first time I was like seeing someone suddenly old. Like oh, not like wow. suddenly realizing, oh God, what happened to him? And thinking, is that what you know and being young enough to not really realize, no, he did that to himself. This is not just yeah. aging. This is yeah. this is bad. And it's like, oh, and now and now when when I see someone who's been an alcoholic, like a terrible... It's like I can see... Like, I can spot it because I know what Donald O'Connor looked yeah. like. And it's just like, oh, your head is twice as big but as it wasn't should be. He,
1: like, rich and
2: yeah, but, fabulous but, but, and, but, like, what happened? He, but they were all obsessed with being a movie star. And MGM yeah.
1: was It was, a was whole the machine. place
2: yeah. where you oh, were... So. It was like they movie w- star heaven and they were at MGM. And, and it was so awful but they wanted it so much that they all drank themselves to death because that was the only way they could deal that was with it and you would, i mean yeah. and if you
0: were if you were a hot commodity you would make like 20 movies in a year i mean yeah, they yeah. would they would like, like make all these deals and like you'd finish a movie and then they'd be okay okay next thing you're going to do is you're going to go over to that sound stage and you're going to start working mm. on this mm. and they would work i mean people were working to death anyway Yeah. If you were good enough for that they wanted that's to awesome. put you in a lot of stuff, they worked you to death yeah. on top of it. So, so many of them.
2: When you were big, you had big... So here right. they all are with nothing but money. And finally the studio goes, eh, that's it, baby. Yeah. We, and we, all, we all found a sudden, someone cuter. Everyone loves you. For twenty years, and all of a sudden, no jobs, no more movies, no yeah. more fans, no, no um, nothing. Yeah. So you just. But
1: then, if you had enough money, who cares? I know. You know what? But, but, <laughs> if you're, but if you you're a a didn't have, you oh, didn't yeah. have
2: the you, you don't the have movie the star thing. Yeah. yeah, gone, gone, just all yeah. of a sudden gone. Do
0: you remember? Do you remember Sugar Babies? Do you remember that? Horrible? Yes, I saw that play. I, I did too. I saw it when I came to San Jose, and I my mother and I. Walked in there being excited about seeing Mickey Rooney and being kind of meh about Anne Miller. Oh, I was because... dying to see her. But see, we were kind of because it was it was like all she does is spin, like all she does is tap and spin. But we left there being like, okay, Mickey Rooney really needs to not be in front of people anymore. Uh, and being like, God damn it, Ann Miller could still dance. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and I were both just like, oh, ah! <laughs> That was amazing.
2: I saw that at the theater on Hollywood Boulevard.
0: Oh my God.
2: I was probably down at Roger's house, you know, for the weekend mm-hmm. or something. And probably noticed it was there and just went and saw it. It and, was such a strange
0: idea for a show. I was like, because it was basically like going to go to see an old vaudeville yeah. show, is what it was.
2: And somewhere, also in my closet, there's a bag of of sugar babies that I caught when they threw oh. them out. Oh! Of them.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god! Almost all of my theater programs were in a box in my garage at the house on Royal Hill when. Um, that we had a leak in our water heater for a really, really long time. And so it took so long to realize that there was water, that that box had been sucking up water from the bottom. Uh. And I lost almost every theater program I ever, my, I mean, crazy shit like, my shants program. I mean, yeah, because I like saw that. fucking everything. That's what mom and I did. You know, <laughs> I was the only kid that would go to the theater with her. So we saw everything. <laughs> and it's like, and I had, and, and she would always buy the program because we had to have yeah. the program. So I had everything. And even, even weird little shit. Like when we go, when we would do, um, like school trips, because I was lucky enough to be in like the, whatever they called the honors level, but it was like sixth grade. So whatever that, whatever that would be. And like the school couldn't afford to do anything, but they could send one class to like one theater show a year. And so we, that was how I got into Gilbert and Sullivan as a kid because they, we, we went and saw HMS Pinafore and we saw Pirates of Penzance.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) And because
0: those were like little weird little community theater things Like we, like all of us little kids, would go and get all the actors to autograph our stuff, and most of them were like They were nobody then, but who knows how many of them could have ended up being somebody. Tom Hanks grew up down the fucking street. He could have been something. (laughs) God damn it! Every time, every time I see an interview with Tom Hanks where he talks about growing up, and he's talking about shit I remember, and it's like, god damn it.
1: he could have he totally could have been
0: in pirates of penzance maybe he was but i don't have the program anymore it's like you did that shit doesn't exist oh my
2: god oh you were totally making i'm totally gonna do it this time take everything out of that fucking closet (laughs) and go through everything everything.
0: yes (laughs) oh my god i know because i can only imagine what all you got in there my god
2: I can think of a few things that I know are in there, but God only knows what. Oh, you'll
1: find stuff that you totally forgot about, and you'll be so thrilled. It'll be like Christmas. It'll be like, oh, look at all this! And then you'll have to text me pictures. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my
0: god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's What's on TV? Oh, I hate that this is on TV. This is going on my list. I should start a weekly podcast called Things Joe Hates. Most people hate this stuff. Things Joe Hates will be a weekly podcast to make the world a better place. Plus, every week I'd rate listener hate. People could find Things Joe hates on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever they listen to podcasts. Or on our website at thingsjohates.com. <laughs> I may be combining two different things, but I remember that that you had a poster that was like a Peter Max artwork thing that had all these autographs on it. Yeah. It was a Jerry Herman. Yes.
2: We went to the, went the together. opera together. house yeah. one night together.
0: Was Carol Channing there? Carol Channing that's was what, there. That's what I was, I wasn't sure. In was her mink in the coat. God damn Lauren
2: it. Lauren Bacall in her mink coat. Uh, and yes. who was the third one? Remember they were talking in their mink coats all in the hallway? There was three of them. Uh, Carol Oh my God! There was three of them: Lauren Bacall, Carol Channing, and and we have all and it the wasn't it wasn't that, um, right. it wasn't you know what's the TV comedian lady um oh shit it's, I'm so glad oh Carol you.
1: Burnett
2: yeah Carol Burnett was the host that night wasn't she Oh my God!
1: Oh, I she think was at she the podium was. when we were in the yes. when we were in the
2: show part. She was the, yeah. would be at the podium talking and introducing oh everyone.
0: That's right. I remember was that a fundraiser?
1: Meeting... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It okay. was a fundraiser for something. I remember meeting Jerry Herman. Because remember I yeah. hugged him and he seemed kind of oh he was out. yeah you but... hugged Jerry Herman yeah. oh my god well he
2: was one of those oh no one touches me oh I'm Jerry Herman kind of people oh my god. god he I didn't remember know <laughs> meeting Carol
1: Channing I remember shaking Lauren Bacall's hand Jesus Christ but I don't remember are those all. Did we? Was there more than those three autographs in that poster? I don't remember. You know,
2: I don't know. I don't even know what happened to that poster. You I, have it. I have it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, well, I remember you had it for. I thought you had it for a <laughs> yeah. while. Because for that's a while. why I. That's why I knew about it
0: because you yeah, had, it for, I had it for a while. But okay. now you. So have
2: now it. I have it. Yeah. So it's, so maybe I'll find that never in there too. We traded it off. Okay, cause it's, so yeah, it's got to be in it. there. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't for, yeah. think there's more than about three autographs on there because I know they were having some kind of powwow and we broke in on it, of course. Oh my God. And we're trying to get autographs, oh and they were trying to have a business meeting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they oh were nice,
2: though. So. You know, and we, were, uh, we weren't we were supposed to be backstage. I think Carol Canning said, we, when we got our autographs, said, were you boys in the chorus or something? Uh, oh,
1: that's so adorable. I
2: probably but, said something like, oh, no, we just broke in backstage to get totally, autographs. They, <laughs> like, <laughs> but
1: they were all nice. Yeah. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, but they were all having fun. It was because it was like a fundraiser night. They weren't really working. You know, yeah. they were just... They were, they were just there, there. to perform yeah. and have fun and see all their old and work with their old friends and raise right. money for something at the opera house. Well,
0: yeah, because that's one of those things. Like, like I like like whenever I watch the Golden Globes and stuff, it's like these people are never in one room together. And it's like they get to fangirl about each other and whatever. And they're just, it's like going to like a weird reunion or something.
2: Oh, and I just, you know, yeah, that never happened. I mean, where, how often do those three women find each other in the same room and they're all wearing their mink coats? I mean, it That's just so doesn't happen. I'm
0: thinking of all kinds of names. And it's like, I can just blurt <laughs> out names. And I'll, I'll be wrong probably every time. But it's like. Cheater of Hera. Uh, it was
2: like it could be... I don't think she was there. Was
0: it more movie stars or was it more theater? God, it oh, was no. theater. It
2: theater. was theater kind of people, I think. But Lauren McCall was kind of both. But Carol Channing right. was kind of both. Yeah, because Lauren
0: did like lot of like the It seemed like because it was more
2: Broadway. about, it was something about the opera house. Too. that's why it was at the Hopper House oh because, like maybe like a restoration because thing of, or something. because they were doing that yeah. so remember they did the restoration and it was closed for quite a few three years I think right, and right, you right. had to go to the Civic Auditorium yeah. to see the like, yeah. <laughs> like peasants <Yeah>. and <laughs> you know what's so funny
1: is like from that night my mom has a picture of me from that night mm-hmm. in a frame in the back in the back room. Oh God. And You mean like
2: before we left she took your picture? Oh how cute. No, no, I
1: think we're there. Oh, okay. Somewhere. And and it's so funny that my mom has this picture framed in the back room because I'm holding a cigarette in one hand and a bottle of beer in the (laughs) other in front of a trash can.
0: (laughs) But you just look so handsome.
1: But I look so handsome (laughs) because I was all dressed up. And I think I had to been wearing your clothes. Because I didn't have I think... I didn't I, have nice clothes.
2: I had to have been wearing Was your I clothes. Was I wearing my green silk suit that night? I don't remember. Ooh. And you... If you I've, oh, God, I only knows what I've dressed you up in, but... Yeah. I remember oh I was God. wearing a
1: vest that was mine, but the pants and the jacket had to have been yours. Oh, okay.
2: Well, oh they God. were either, like, they were either, like, ridiculously high platforms and really skinny pants, or... Maybe something more like uh, the bottom half of a suit or uh, yeah, oh, no. something. I oh don't know. I was
1: dressed up real nice, yeah, which is not something I did, you know, I didn't have mm-hmm. stuff like that, but mm-hmm.
2: I, that impressed my mom enough that she has a picture <laughs> Oh of me my with god! A, a bottle of beer <laughs> oh and a cigarette. Did I come <laughs> over and get you and then we drove up to the city that night or something? How did that work? I can't even remember. Oh, or, no. or, or were we already we, were we, were we, we living up in there? Were Santa Santa you living there? No, or we, we were living in Oh, okay. So did it, Oh, but were you living in Santa Cruz, too, at the time? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, that
0: makes sense that you would have been in Santa yeah. Cruz, because I think yeah. my memories of the poster, I think, are from when you moved from San Santa Cruz to Santa San Francisco, Francisco. because yeah. I was with him the first, his oh, first happy. two yeah. weeks yeah. in San
1: Francisco. Okay. Please, <laughs> deeply, deeply, the year of woo.
0: not a super woo person way less woo than pitney is but i sometimes appear woo to people i enjoy the trappings of woo like my cubicle at work is decorated with these hilarious placemats with palmology designs on them i've got artwork of goddesses hanging up a lot of zen shit shit i've even got one of those himalayan salt lamps they're super pretty and i love any light that isn't overhead fluorescent crap Anyway, another thing that people might notice when they see me in the past year or so is that I like to wear stone pendants. I'm not into super shiny, sparkly, expensive jewelry. I like certain colors and things that are natural. That kind of stuff has always appealed to me aesthetically, but lately I'm choosing what I wear based not just on what it looks like, but what it represents for me. So let's talk about crystals and rocks and what the woo people think they do. It's all about frequencies of energy and this or that resonance affecting which chakra. It's all about blocking negative energy and illness and whatnot about amplifying, whichever energy you feel needs a boost that day. And yeah, no proof that anything does anything. Placebo effect aside, nothing happens. Now back to me. I've studied the chakras. I've felt different sound waves resonate in different parts of my body. It's fucking weird, I'll tell you that. And there are some correlations between certain areas of the body and certain emotions. Anyway, the chakras were given colors, and those colors are then assigned meaning based on the chakra. You can look all this stuff up if you want. I only mention it because it comes into play when I'm choosing a pendant. So I went through a lot of shit a little over a year ago. And in the time since then, I've been doing a lot of therapy and other stuff to help me heal myself emotionally. One thing I did was start thinking about intention. I read somewhere once that starting your day without setting an intention is a little like getting on a bike and not knowing where you're going. When you're kind of emotionally broken, it's all overwhelming. But picking one thing to focus on that day, like today I'm going to be better at communicating my ideas and my feelings, that's an attainable goal. And what that has to do with rocks is that if it's my intention for the day, like if I want to focus on communication and telling the truth, then I grab the pendant that's a chunk of lapis lazuli, which is a blue stone, and blue is the color of the throat chakra, which represents communication. Now, I want to make this clear. I don't think that lapis lazuli has magic powers that affect my throat or my ability to communicate. The woo-woo do. I don't think the rock hanging on a string around my neck does anything but look cute. But choosing it, making a conscious choice to focus on that particular intention for the day and having a reminder of it with me all day, that definitely has an effect. If I want to focus on my intuition and knowledge, I can wear this cool slice of amethyst because purple is either the third eye chakra or the crown chakra, depending on who you ask. And either way, it's all about insight and clarity of thought. If I'm feeling like I want to be all about my sensual self and be all earthy and shit, I can wear this little smooth chunk of carnelian. Not a magic rock. Except in the sense that I am fucking magic. And I rock. (laughs) important to them. I can't really talk because I just last weekend got to see Hamilton.
2: Mm-hmm. That's fabulous.
0: The fabu- Oh my God. And oh my God, Lin-Manuel Miranda was there two nights ago seeing uh, the cats that I saw at that theater. He tweeted a picture because he saw it from the sound booth. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, I was like, he's basically just took a picture of the seats where, where we were sitting. And then uh-huh. there's, the, you know, I was like, God damn it. That's oh. I don't even know if I can handle knowing he was in the building with me. But it's not that I don't know how much I paid for those exact tickets because Uh I have bought season tickets for multiple seasons that I didn't even give a shit about.
2: Oh, just to keep just the to, franchise.
0: Just to have, there are seats in that theater that are mine, yeah. and when Hamilton gets here, those are my fucking seats, yeah. and I get to have tickets. I didn't even expect Hamilton to be part of the current season. It's the la- It was ended up being the last show of this season. And um, most of the shows this season, my seats were sitting there empty, because either I totally forgot about it, or I... Or, like, the last show before Hamilton was Cats, and I couldn't give oh, those fucking no. things away.
2: Yeah.
0: My little four-year-old niece would have wanted to go, but she had a dance recital that day, so she didn't get to go see Cats. But, you know, you have to go to a four-year-old, because everyone, everyone who would have been interested has fucking seen it, and then there's the rest of us yeah. who are like, oh, it's fucking Cats. No, I don't think so. But when someone asked me, so how much did you pay? Because there are tickets like not scalped tickets that are like $500. Uh And so when someone says, well, how much did you pay? It's like, well, first of all, I don't really know. And really, if I want to say how much did I pay, it goes into like thousands of dollars. That were really all about seeing one show. (laughs) So really, when you think of all the theater tickets I've given away and all the shows I just didn't fucking go to, it was a lot of money. But I got to see Hamilton, so yeah.
1: that's that's
0: all that's all the last, like, three years have been about. And now it's <laughs> over, and I'm not really sure what to do with my life. Because <laughs> now I've seen Hamilton, and it's like, oh, no, what's next? What's... I have no idea. What's the next crazy thing? Well, it's not like I'm ever going to stop being into Hamilton. I mean, I'm kind of one of those people, but...
2: Maybe you could start... Um... Planning your vacation, I'm I'm going to see it somewhere. I'm seeing it in London this year. Oh, my God. I'm seeing it in Australia this year. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I could definitely do that. Yeah. That's the next step. I've known people who've done that with, like, (laughs) rent and things. I've known people.
1: Mark Allen did that for Les Mis.
0: Oh, good Lord.
1: He has every soundtrack in every language that's ever come out.
0: That's one that I just never got into. I just, it didn't make, nothing about it compelled me to want to see
1: it. That's the only play I've ever paid to go see that more than once,
2: was Les Mis. Wow. Well, I know, the reason I, I remember going to London once when I was working at the school. And I ended up going back like five years in a row just because, you know, the theater tickets, the good theater tickets, were 20 pounds. I'm like, really? Wow. So, yeah. So I saw everything.
0: I'm trying to think, is there anything I've That's seen wonderful. more than once? Because I've seen so many things.
2: Yeah, I saw Cats once. <laughs> that was enough. Shit. Oh, I never wanted to see that.
1: Yeah. I just... I've I, seen Phantom twice. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that. And I've seen Les
2: Mis three times. But some of the some of the not famous or whatever plays are not you know the play to see that I saw like oh like Peter O'Toole in Jeffrey Bernard is unwell. Oh my! Was one of the most fabulous nights in the theater I oh have ever seen, and it was about this. Theater critic in London that I think it was oh, in okay. the thirties or something, and he was just fucking notorious drunk. But um, somehow he which always means
0: Peter Mitchell is the perfect I person. To play. and he oh always
2: God. manages to uh. eke out this thing and turn it in. But always, but, but and the, at the beginning of the oh play, God. the stage is there and the lights all come on and stuff, and nothing happens, and nothing happens. And nothing happens, and then he's under there, and he's crawling. Oh my! He hung over, and he's just crawling out from under a table, and he's the only person in the bar. Oh my! (laughs) That's how it starts, and he does this this monologue for twenty minutes. That's just was just magic. Oh my! I just loved seeing him.
0: Oh god, I'm, I'm I'm realizing there's there is one person that I've seen them more than once. But it wasn't the same play. Um, Noel Harrison, Rex Harrison's mm-hmm. son, the first time I saw him, he was doing My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I saw him was Noises Off, which is still Noises Off is it's still. still playing.
2: Really? Isn't it? Noises it's, Off. Isn't no, it, that one of those forever plays?
0: Noises Off is um Well, you know, I I, I know it's it's been well. Is my is one of my favorite experiences I've ever had in a theater. But although part of it was because I happened to be sitting on the aisle, and because it's a because it takes place in a theater, the director who was played by Noel Harrison kept kept charging up and down the aisle, so he kept walking past me, and I I had (laughs) such a crush on him at that point. But that that show that is that is one of those that's one of those plays that I I cannot recommend it highly enough but unfortunately they made a movie of it that had a cast to die for but because of the nature of the play it cannot work as a movie cannot Mm -hmm. it was like Michael Caine was the director. The the, the cast, because basically it's a play about a shitty little play. A shitty little theater company putting on a, a really bad British sex farce. And they're rehearsing the night before opening night, and there's still people who don't know their lines, and people who can't, who want to argue about their character's motivation, all this bullshit. And the, and the director keeps running up there and screaming at them and going back to the back. And... <laughs> And it's just, and and so so act, there's three acts. Act one is that rehearsal, and then curtain comes, and then the entire set, while you're not looking, rotates. So, now the curtain opens up. Now you're seeing the set from the back. Now you're backstage on opening night, and shit has happened where people are now pissed, people in the company are now pissed off at each other and want to fucking murder each other. So, people are chasing each other with a fireman's axe, there's a there's like potted cactus being handed around. There's a bunch of roses. There's all kinds of shit. Plus the props from the play. The play is happening. You can see it through the windows in the set. The play is happening facing the other direction. People are still hitting their cues. People are, are just not making any sound but fucking fighting with each other in the back. And then going through the door and saying their line. It's like you're just, you cannot breathe. It's just like, it's the Funniest guy, and and then there's you can hear the lines being said on the on the stage, and it's like things are coordinating, and it's just it's so insane. Curtain closes. You know, get, go through the entire play. Now that now the set Turns rotates back. back again, so now we're at the end of their run. N- complete anarchy. They all fucking hate each other. <laughs> it's god damn it. It's the best thing I've ever seen. But the movie. I mean, I'm just gonna list the people in the movie. John Ritter, Christopher Reeve, Carol Burnett, um I think I think Eileen Brennan was in there somewhere. Um oh like Denim Elliott. Like uh Michael Caine played the director, uh Mark Lynn Baker, uh like all these people that are just like perfect casting. I was so excited. God damn it, it's so it's unwatchable because oh. nothing works if it's not happening right in front of you. It's kind of amusing and kind of clever, but the immediacy of having people on stage in front of you is completely lost. It's like yeah. back when I, you know, like they used to have magicians on TV all the time. Yeah. And you just get used to seeing TV specials of magicians. Well, if you actually go see a magician and they saw a woman in half right fucking in front of you, that's a completely that's different experience. More exciting, yeah. Because... You know they didn't cut a camera angle, you know there's not fucking mirrors, you know whatever it is, because it's happening right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like that. It's one of those things you have to physically be in the theater to actually experience that play. It's so sad that it didn't work, because I always wanted to be like, oh good, they're making a movie, now everyone can see my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Except,
2: except it is not because it's not, not worth live. watching at all.
0: Yeah. Not worth and did watching it bomb? at all. Oh God, horribly! <laughs> because even people who would have wanted to see it were like, "Oh no!" I mean, you read the cast and you're like, "Oh God, this is going to be great." And you get like a third of the way into the movie and you're like, "Oh, this isn't going to be funny." I can already tell. I'm not. I don't feel. You didn't. It doesn't buy it, right. I hope. No, I didn't. No, I went to the theater to see it and that was so sad. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's te- yeah, that's terrible. Well,
0: but yeah, but that's the thing about that's you know that's the theater. It's like part of it is having it happen right in front of you. Like um, the only time I ever got to see a show on Broadway it was on my birthday in twenty ten, and I got to see the revival of Promises, Promises. Wow. With Kristen Chinoweth and Sean Hayes, and it was so fucking great. But part of what was wonderful about it was. They had kind of been, you know, they'd been doing it for a few weeks already. And they were all, like, kind of starting to relax and be really comfortable with each other. So they would kind of fuck around a little bit. And it's like, it doesn't, it, it's like, you know, they fuck up right in the middle of a song. And then they all just start laughing. And it's like, this is happening right in front of me. And we're the only people seeing it. And it's wonderful. wonderful. for listening. If
1: you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers. stickers!
0: Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive.
0: Drop us a line anytime at Pitney and Amelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Were you boys in the chorus?